Welcome back. Or perhaps you're just hopping on board here on this gorgeous one-degree day here where your tauntaun will freeze before it reaches the first marker in central New York. Hi, my name's Brent. We talk sports. You're on the block. ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nasty out there, friends. As you know, if you're driving on the highways and byways of central New York right now, take it easy, take it slow. We'll get you home. Uh, keep an eye out for some traffic alerts. I know 81's a mess right now. I think they have the northbound lanes still closed. They might be opening it up soon, but I know it was going to be closed for at least a couple of hours uh, based on weather, based on an accident that helped happen around the Nedro exit as well. So uh, just keep an eye on that. You might want to plan an alternate route if you're heading that way. And uh, roads are slick with it being a uh, one degree in the assault not working as well, of course, from our uh, terrific uh, snowplow drivers out there. There's really not much they can do about it now when it's this cold. So uh, take it easy out there, friends. Stay warm out there, and we'll take you home here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. We had a chance before the show today to catch up with A.J. Black. A.J. Uh, writes for BC Eagle Insider. He's also the host of the Locked On BC podcast. And uh, great resource when it comes to all things Boston College. The first matchup between the Orange and the Eagles, New Year's Eve, that score is a little deceiving. That game was closer than 79 to 45. BC's got a key player back. They might have another key guy coming back from injury, but we'll get an update on that. And just everything you know about Boston College right now, coming off a huge win earlier this week over Clemson. Let's listen into our conversation with A.J. Black to find out all things B.C. A.J., thanks for joining us once again. Uh, how have things been in Eagles land since uh, the Orange and B.C. last met on New Year's Eve? Uh, it's been uh, an improvement for the Eagles, as we've seen uh, Quentin Post, their center, has been back. They've won three out of their last four games, including big wins over Clemson and a couple of wins over Notre Dame and uh, Louisville. So, you know, BC's starting to feel a little bit more confident. You're starting to see uh, their offense clicking a little bit more than maybe the last time they the two teams played. Um, and I think that might mean a closer game than we saw when they played Syracuse uh, on the road. You hit something there, AJ. It feels like uh, Quentin Post, who did not play against Syracuse last time, he gets back in the lineup, and it just feels like that's been a huge difference maker for Boston College. Why is that? He he just he's the facilitator on that offense. He's such a big body, but a guy that can also stretch the floor, uh, and that it, that gives them you know an awesome offensive flair that you don't see when he's on the floor. It's interesting to watch this team when he, when po- Post uh, I think it was the last game against Clemson got in some foul trouble. And immediately he comes off the off the floor and the offense stalls. But when he's out there, you know, he he commands so much, um, you know, th- emphasis on the defensive side of the ball that guys like Makai Ashton Langford, Jaden Zachary, they're getting more open. They're getting better shot selections and it improves everyone around him. And plus, he's he's a good shooter himself. This is a guy I've not seen at Boston College in years. He's a seven-footer that can shoot the three-pointer, that can shoot consistently from mid-range and obviously underneath the rim. And he's a 97% free-throw shooter, too. So you can't just follow him and send him to the, to the, uh, the free-throw line. AJ, teams that face Syracuse are really coming at Jesse 
aggressively Jesse Edwards. They're really body him and up, double teaming him, getting yep. after him. How, how do you see this matchup going? Because last time around, Post wasn't there, and now you got two big men looming in the paint there. I'm, I'm really curious to see how these two go after each other. You know, I, I I imagine, you know, they just played Clemson, who also have two really good um, bigs and Tyson and, and Hall. They went with two bigs uh, in the starting lineup. They went Te- Devin McLaughlin, who you would have saw play before, who's a six, seven, but really lengthy. I think he, he's got a really huge wingspan, even though he's a, a little bit more on the undersized side and a post out there. You know, if if that's what they're going to need to do, they might go that route, especially since Demar Lankford, their uh, one of their starting guards, uh, missed last game with a knee injury. He if he can't play, they may just go for that bigger that bigger lineup to try to see if they can, uh, you know, close down things uh, down low and really force Syracuse to shoot from the from the perimeter. Big win this week for Boston College. You touched on it there. They take down Clemson, the best team in the ACC. There was a stretch in that game where Clemson missed fifteen straight shots. How much of that was just Clemson couldn't hit it? And how much of that was Boston College's defense preventing them from hitting it? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both um, because, you know, BC's defense was playing very well. And I think they just had Clemson so flustered at one point that Clemson's offense just could not figure out what to do with the ball. And and the and the exasperation in the Tigers just continued to get worse. And as they did that, you know, they're at home. BC's at home. They're getting their, their, their uh, momentum going here. And once they got their momentum going, Clemson really, other than Hunter Tyson, who I think had 12 points in the second half, I think they only scored 10 points from everyone else on that roster. So, you know, the second half was all BC. And it was, you know, one of those wins that Earl Grant talked about when they hired him a year and a half ago. He he always has that gritty, not pretty thing. And no one knew mm-hmm. what he meant. BC did not play pretty at all that second half. Their offense was as ugly as Clemson's. And I mean, if BC, you know, had a good offense, they would have blown Clemson out, but they didn't. But they did do just enough to beat the number 20 team in the country. And I think that's all that that you can ask for for a team like Boston College that's trying to go for that, you know, scrappy underdog look that's trying to catch bigger teams off guard. We noted the defense there, AJ, and what they did to Clemson. Uh, Joe Girard tends to go off against this Eagles team. I would imagine now there'll be a little more defensive emphasis on him coming up here. Uh, who will be tasked with trying to slow down Joe Girard, who really loves to see the Eagles? Yeah, you're, you hit that right on the head. I mean, that that Joe Girard has been a pain in the side of the Eagles for years. <laughs> and I, I when I when I looked at the roster, I was like, he's still coming back, huh? Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, he's going to have to be a, a, a true point of emphasis for Jaden Zachary and Makai Ashton Langford, uh, both who have been playing very good on defense um, the last couple of weeks. You know, I, I don't know who they're going to who they're going to line up on him, but that's going to be a big big piece for BC because BC is a horrid team. One of the worst, or, you know, they're in the bottom 10, I think in the country right now in three point shooting, they played better recently, but they have moments where they can't hit a, they can't hit the the ocean from three point range. And if you let guys like Gerard get going, that can make games get really lopsided quick. So they've that I, I honestly, even more than Jesse Edwards, I think the emphasis really has to be on the perimeter for BC because you can't, they're going to have to go with the two points a lot. And so big games from Jaden Zachary and Makai Ashton Langford are going to have to be critical. And if BC is going to pull off this win, you mentioned Langford's injury. What, what's the latest you can tell us on that and how severe it is. Could we yep. not see him on the court in this game and, and the adjustment if he's not there? Yeah. So he was, he was scheduled to play against Clemson on Tuesday uh, in the morning. They had said he was going to be available. 
in the I'm it sounded like during shoot around things got you know it, it acted that his knee acted up again and then they sat him so i'm at this point it seems like he's day-to-day he could play he may not um if he does not play, as I said, I think they probably go with the big, the bigger lineup and go with Devin McLaughlin out there. They could also uh, move things around as well. They could put in someone like TJ Bickerstaff, uh, who's a little bit more limited on the offensive side of the ball, but he's another big that can um, th- that can rebound. But I would expect that if Langford doesn't play, they go with you know the two guards, uh, Prince of Ligby, and then two bigs. Hey, Jay, what's the feeling with Earl Grant and how he's building the program? Certainly got a couple of big wins this year, yeah. uh, two rank wins, including this week against Clemson. Are BC fans feeling it right now? Are they starting to get behind Earl Grant? Or he's only been there a year and a half, right? So you got to, yeah. the jury's still out in a lot of ways. But what do you think is kind of the temperature on him and, and how fans feel about him? It, it's it's up and down, right? Because you have two ranked wins. BC hadn't had ranked wins in about five years and he gets two in one year. So clearly that's a big move. That's a big uh, uh, shot in the right direction for BC. But then you have to balance that with the fact that they lost to UNH, Maine and Tarleton State. Uh, Three really, you know, they were all Ken Palm ratings in like the 300s. Maine was the worst team in the country last year in terms of Ken Palm ratings. That that was tough for fans to swallow. (laughs) You know, when you lose to two America East teams, uh, it felt like all the momentum that you had at the ACC tournament last year, where BC beat two teams and almost beat Miami to go to the next round, to the fourth round. It felt like they had some momentum, but then they lost it. That being said, those bigger wins and seeing what you know, those losses all happened with Quinton Post out. Now that he's back, you see what the team should have been, and and I think fans are looking at it, going, "Well, if he was there, they would have beat Maine, they would have beat UNH, and it, that, that you know they put a, they probably would have had three or four more wins." And we'd be talking about NIT and and a team that's more on the upper half of the ACC right now, just because of of where they sat. But I, I think I think the fans are coming around again, and I think the Saturday is going to be a big one, right? Like if BC can somehow beat Syracuse, a team that they've lost to. You know, I don't know how many times in a row it's been, but it's been a lot. Um, I, I look at this as, you know, now that they they would have won, this will be four out of five ACC wins for BC. That's a big, big uh, step in the right direction, given all of the the inconsistent to poor play that they've had since, you know, Al Skinner's been here. AJ, uh, appreciate the insight. Good stuff on Boston College. I'm intrigued by this game. I think Syracuse is hungry for a win. They've hit the skids a little bit here, and if they can guard Gerard, and it looks like a Boston College team that's had a surge of confidence here. So we'll see how things play out. Always appreciate your time and your insight, my friend. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, I'm Brent.